Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, from gay to straight, black to white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm, sperm Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Spermcast, the pregnancy season or edition or whatever I say these days. Big thank you to my newest patrons, Kaylisa, Cynthia C., Marjorie R., and Emily M. And in case I missed you last week, Emily B. Thank you so much, all of you, for joining. And thank you also to my old subscribers for sticking around. Oh my goodness. I don't know what I would do without all of you. Or what I will do in the future when I don't do this anymore. I mean, I gotta figure out a way to keep this going forever. For those of you who are not patrons yet, you can join anytime you like at patreon.com forward slash spermcast and have access to all of my goodies. <laughs> Another way to support the show, as you all already know, and maybe you already have done this, you should have if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. And obviously subscribe if you're not a subscriber yet, or else... I will find you, I will hunt you down, and kiss you. I mean, spank you. Want to support the show with dollar bills? Venmo, Molly, hyphen, hockey. Alrighty, I don't have a ton of new news to give you this week. I'm still loving New York. Oh God, it's still beautiful out. I still have this beautiful view. Getting New York health insurance has been really difficult, but I think I've got it figured out. My application is in, so I won't know for a couple days. But if that all works out, which it should, I should have insurance by December 1st, and that's good because I've got two appointments that day. One with the midwife practice and one with the maternal fetal medicine doctor. I did have a telehealth meeting with two of the midwives this week and it was really interesting and they were lovely and I, I'm so excited to be working with such a great group. There's one thing that they wanted me to be aware of before I decided to work with them and that is that for all of their IVF mamas over 40, it's routine for them to induce at 40 weeks because they've recently noticed a trend with fetal distress in this post-term scenario. So that was kind of a bummer for me because as you all may remember, all of my mom's babies were at least two weeks late, plus first pregnancies tend to go longer, which means it's unlikely that working with this midwifery practice, my birth will be unmedicated. But it's not a, you know, hard and fast rule and they did reassure me that there are other methods to getting labor going before jumping straight to Pitocin. And even if I have to get the Pitocin, it doesn't mean I'll need an epidural or a C-section. I've learned that. So 
a little adjustment in my expectations there, but I think it's worth it to work with such a great group of midwives who I can trust and also deliver in a baby-friendly hospital that's nearby. I think, I think it's the right thing to do. I get to meet the midwives in person on December 1st, like I said earlier, and then that same day I head over to the maternal fetal medicine doctor uh, that works with the midwifery practice, and he'll give me another anatomy scan because they need to have one on record that they've done. And then, as recommended by my perinatologist in Los Angeles, I'll get the fetal echocardiogram on December 28th. And hopefully, all this stuff will be covered by insurance. And I'll get to look at my baby twice in December, which is very, very exciting. I hope once those scans get closer, I don't start getting nervous, though, like I have in the past. I hope that the kicks I've been feeling, which are getting more frequent, will keep me feeling confident that everything is going to be okay. Mom still comments on my belly every day, and every time I deny that there's been a change, and I tell her I've always looked like this, but I guess it's a little bit bigger than when I arrived. Actually, I should probably post a couple pictures of myself on the Patreon. Would that entice you to join? If so, it's patreon.com forward slash spermcast. And now, let's talk about my baby and my body. Hi. Hi. Are you on your way home? I'm past Flemington. How's the podcast going? (laughs) It's good. I was wondering if you could could help me with the baby body thing when you get home. Of course. Great. I'm recording this. (laughs) Molly is 22 weeks and one day pregnant. Her baby, my granddaughter, is as big as a coconut about 10.5 inches from crown to heel, and 15.1 ounces, maybe even one pound. Though it's dark in the uterine cocoon, and even with fused eyelids, fetuses this age can perceive light and dark. If you shine a flashlight over the belly, you might feel your fetus... Come on. (laughs) You might feel your fetus react... With baby's eyes in place, baby is growing eyelashes and eyebrows. Baby can hear your voice, your heartbeat, your whoosh whoosh of your blood circulating, gastric gurgles, a dog barking. What are, do you play music? Oh yes, Dad's been trying to get me to play. I've been, I have sort of. I I'll get better at that music thing. Okay. I don't have time to listen to music. There, there's always time for music. You don't need to listen, but. The little one has to have music. Okay. Now we're going to talk about my body and symptoms and stuff. Getting your blood pressure taken at every prenatal visit is pretty standard. It's a great indicator if you might be under stress or hint at any complications. Your OB can better monitor. This week? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. You my had, blood pressure was low. It was really low. We took it a bunch of times. It stayed low. It yeah. probably still is low. Yeah. And you were a bit pale. I was? You were, yeah. Well, but you know... But I looked it up and it said low pressure, low blood pressure is normal-ish or yeah. not, not, not scary. But it was like 90... There was like an 88 over 59. Yeah, but point. it went back up into the low 90s. And it mm-hmm. did. Yeah. No, it really did. You gave me a face just then. No, I was just making a face about the idea of something being wrong. But it's fine. okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Well, she may get stretch marks. Well, 
you will get stretch marks. These scars are caused when your skin stretches so fast or so much that it actually tears below the surface. Her belly button may become an outie. Maybe. It's never been an innie before. It's always a half halfsies, in and out. Mm, yes. Okay, swollen hands and or feet, back aches. Your back may hurt due to extra pressure from baby and from carrying around the extra weight. Trouble catching your breath. Baby is crowding your lungs, making it tough to breathe at times. It's been a little bit tougher lately. They didn't mention uh, nipple leakage this week, and this week... What about it? You have... You I've have, been having it a lot. I know. It's crazy. I know. I actually saw your shirt get wet. My shirt was all wet. Yeah. It's crazy. I wonder if it's colostrum or if it's I think I read milk. that it's colostrum. Yeah. It's weird. Um, it's very, it was very surprising to me. Oh, and you and Dad both got to feel some kicking? Yes, I got flutters, and I got a little tiny uh, kind of a jab. Did you like it? Oh, yes, I loved it. Okay. You have no idea how much. <gasps> okay. Oh. Now go cook me some dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Thanks, Mama. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was informative. Thank you, Mom. And now it's time to meet our special guest, Julietta Appleton. Julietta is a birth doula and hypnotherapist with more than 30 years of experience and attendance at over 200 births. She's the creator of Mind Plus Body Birth, a unique science-based system of birth hypnosis and childbirth education designed to help pregnant women achieve a calm, empowered birth. She's also the founder of the first freestanding birth center in Westchester County, which is where I now live, and a founding member of the Hudson Valley Birth Network, which is where I happened to discover her. And lastly, just a heads up, Julietta made me laugh way too much in this interview, and I sound really annoying. I mean, I don't know, you be the judge, but if you think I'm annoying, it's Julietta's fault. Hi, Molly. Hi. <laughs> Your mother is hysterical. Oh, my goodness. I sh- you listened to the podcast. Thank you so much. You're I so totally sweet. did. I totally <laughs> did. And I have never heard anybody's ass described it as broad as an axe handle. So. <laughs> Then Julietta and I took a little bit of time to catch up, and it turns out she's from L.A. originally. Oh, we talked about L.A. and New York and why I moved back to the farm. You're not chopping wood, though, are you? No. Good. (laughs) You don't think that's a good idea? You know, just in case the axe slips or something like that. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) But that that could happen any time. I know. No, it's probably fine to chop wood. It's probably good exercise. But. Well, here's the thing. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to get right into questions for you about me. Okay. <laughs> just one question. Exercise-wise, I used to exercise a lot and do, not a lot, but yoga and basketball and hiking or whatever. I'm act, just an active person in general. But from the time of the transfer, you know, I had to be, you know, no exercise then. And then I was exhausted, so no exercise then. And then I was having these foot problems, so I couldn't, like, do anything. And then L.A. was on fire, so I couldn't go outside. So I've basically been sedentary for, like, five months. Now, can I... Gently start doing things 
again and, and get back into exercise or do I have to keep it at a low level the whole time? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm not a healthcare provider. I, I know. I'm so sorry. Yes. I don't want to put you in a position. So I don't want to say, yeah, you should do this. Yeah, you should do that. You should always consult your own provider. Yeah. But my sense is that exercise is good in pregnancy yeah. and starting at a slow rate and building up is probably a good thing to do so that you don't feel like a pickle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did, have you heard that exercise makes, or just being in good shape makes labor easier? Not necessarily, because I know a lot of dancers who are in such great shape, oh. who have really tight muscles and tight hips. Oh. And so I think there's a mythology about it. I, I don't know for sure, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, I think athletes have a higher pain tolerance, perhaps. Mm, interesting. Certainly being flexible is helpful. I'm a really big fan of prenatal yoga. Okay, yeah, I got to get back into it. <laughs> and that, that, you know, you can pick up at any stage and they'll tell you, go slowly, do only what's in your comfort zone. But it helps to soften the stuff that needs to open, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, flexibility is good down there. I've always been pretty flexible, so that's good. Yeah, I just need to. Be, I just need to get back into the habit of like moving. I, I just well, there's something that I highly recommend. I'm going to give a shout out to Gail Tully and Spinning Babies. I don't oh. know if you're familiar with her stuff, uh -uh. but she's all about optimal fetal positioning. She says it's not just the mother, but it's how the baby is in relation to the mother. And she has a website, Spinning Babies, and she's got daily exercises that you should be doing starting now, if cool. probably not sooner, that are called the Three Sisters of Balance. And one of them is a forward-leaning inversion, and the other is side-lying, and I think the other one is um, rebozo sifting. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but at least you have your parents around to help you, because doing that alone is impossible. But, you know, you, you have someone, do you know what a rebozo is? No. A rebozo is like a, a long shawl, uh -huh. and it's used to carry babies. It's used mm -hmm. in pregnancy. You can use a, do a double hip squeeze using a rebozo in labor if you're a doula, which I am. Mm -hmm. And they're nice to use in pregnancy because you can put it under the belly and then have someone kind of sift it. Uh -huh. And what that does is it gently, gently, gently jiggles the baby and the baby will eventually find its right position. Uh, so go check out Gail Tully and Spinning Babies. You should definitely interview her. I, will, I would love to do that. Awesome. Thank you. That's perfect. <laughs> I guess I should interview you now. Well, you could. You know, I could sit here and drink my coffee and just schmooze. I mean, uh, I wanted to laugh and you're helping. <laughs> what is the difference? Is there a difference between hypnobirthing and birth hypnosis? Because I, I noticed you don't use the term hypnobirthing on your site. Right. Well, hypnobirthing is like Kleenex. It's it's a it's a name brand. Okay. Oh. Okay. I'm not I'm not trained through them, mm -hmm. but Kleenex has become synonymous with tissues. Lamaze gotcha. has become synonymous with hip, with childbirth ed. And at some point, hypnobirthing will probably become synonymous with everybody doing any kind of birth hypnosis. Got it. But I call it birth hypnosis because I'm not hypnobirthing certified. Mm -hmm. I had some issues with it at the beginning, which I'm sure have changed over the years. But I had some issues with their interpretation of phil physiology, and I thought, that doesn't sound right to yeah. me. But uh, it's virtually the same thing. The idea of using hypnosis 
to help control pain and anxiety mm. during pregnancy and birth. Okay, great. Okay, now I'll let you tell us about where you got started. Oh, okay. <laughs> where I got started is I gave birth to my son in a birth center in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. And it just changed my life, having that much support around me, all these people really helping me feel that it was a normal experience, which I had been up to that point terrified of. And I realized this is empowering it to use a cliched term, but yeah. it really was. And after that, I became a childbirth educator. Wow. And I started doulaing for a lot of my childbirth clients. And through childbirth education, I did a lot of visualization and relaxation. And someone said to me around 20 years ago, with that voice and with what you can do with guided relaxation, why don't you become a hypnotherapist? And so I became certified to do hypnosis. Quick question. Yes. <laughs> Are you ruffling something underneath the, uh, with your hands? I was hearing some friction. No, there's no papers. There's no nothing. <laughs> it must be the tissue in my head. I don't know. <laughs> Damn, I'm yeah. so sorry I interrupted you. It's okay. Yeah, I've been a doula and a childbirth educator since 79. I started the first freestanding birth center in Westchester County. Beautiful. There weren't any. Wild. When was that? Oh, in 94. Wow. And it is, it's since closed oh, because it wasn't run right. But yeah, sorry, you can't give birth there. <laughs> but I can give you lots of other recommendations. And I've been the director of two postpartum doula services. And I've trained doulas for Oxford Healthcare. And I started doing hypnosis about 20 years ago. And now I've got doctors and midwives referring to me because they've got clients who are so anxious about pregnancy, yeah. particularly during this time of COVID. I mean, a lot of people are choosing home birth over going to a hospital now because they don't want to be exposed to more people. So home birth practices in Westchester have picked up like crazy. Wow. And it's it's a short series. It's It's three sessions, three to four sessions using hypnosis, which I'll define for you as nothing but a highly focused state of concentration in which the subconscious is more open to suggestion. Mm -hmm. You're able to reframe the language that comes at you from the outside world about birth because it's frankly scary. And you were even talking, I think, in the last podcast about how people have suddenly taken interest in your body, like, like you know, without even asking you. Yeah. And it's like you be, you're a pregnant person, they go to touch you, they give you advice, they tell you about their birth. The surest way to get them to like not tell you anything, if they say, is this your first, say, no, it's my fourth. <laughs> they'll walk away, they'll leave you alone, they'll think you're out of your mind. But <laughs> Absolutely. No, you're so right. It's so funny. I have no boundaries, so people, I, or I don't have great boundaries, so uh, people tell me it everything they want. And I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? But there comes a point where I'm like, I shut down and I'm like, no more, no more. Right. It just gets too much for me. And then I haven't figured out how to. <laughs> well, a lot of people haven't figured out how to shut down all that information coming at them. And they've done studies where they found that even if you're not a daytime TV watcher, you still can be influenced by these birth stories that are on right. TV. Yeah. And you're a screenwriter, right? Or TV writer. I'd like that. <laughs> okay. Well, let's. I've made are. attempts at both. I've made okay. attempts at both. 
But you know how you need a crisis. You need to move stuff, sure. move the story along. Yeah. And so that's true. You know, in a half hour, an hour show, birth gets compressed into this, oh, my God, it's an emergency. We have yes. to fix it. Yes. Birth doesn't go like that. Birth is more like a Ken Burns series yeah. over, you know, <laughs> 17 hours of yes. ruling. I don't want to say boredom, but detail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we absorb as a culture that birth is this terrifying emergency experience. Yeah. And whether people intend for you to be frightened or not, we tend to absorb this negative imagery, this negative self-talk and worry. And it's natural too. Yeah. Have you heard positive birth stories? Yeah. I've had some good ones. Yeah. 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 I mean, especially my mom, she's had five kids. And so my whole life, I have always wanted to be pregnant. She always just raved about all of her pregnancies. And it was one of the reasons why I initiated this journey for myself because I didn't want to miss out on that experience and share that with my mom and all of it. So on the podcast, I've had some positive birth stories too. This whole season has been just mostly, mostly just birth stories, Mm -hmm. but I come from a, all my friends are comedy people (laughs) and the, (laughs) the commonality that I've seen with all of them is that they all love drugs. They all love, like, they, none of them prepared <laughs> for anything. I'm like, I'm definitely more on the hippie side of things. I would, I would love to have a natural birth. I, these days don't have a lot of expectations of anything, or maybe I have all the expectations, uh, go with whatever happens. But, you know, in an ideal world, I'd like to do everything naturally. And, right. but I'd love to talk to somebody who gave birth in a forest. <laughs> Okay, well, I didn't give birth in a forest, but I gave birth in a birth center both right. times. Right, Had my great. friends there. It was like a party. Awesome. It was just, it was really awesome. And it was hard work. Yeah. And it hurt, but yeah. not like awful. It wasn't like like root canal. You know, like like the worst pain I've ever had in my life was an abscess in a molar, okay? Oh, okay. Birth was nothing like that. It was kind of like menstrual cramps that kept progressing. And had a purpose. And had a purpose. And as soon as you feel the first contractions, you go, oh, that's what it feels like. Uh, Yeah. And then the terror dissipates a little. But if you've had childbirth education, if you've had hypnosis scripts where you listen, because it takes 21 days to change the way you think about something. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to a hypnosis script, I make birth journeys for my clients that they listen to. Oh, beautiful. And over and over then what happens is the contractions start and the subconscious goes, oh, yeah, that's where this happens. And, oh, "Oh, yeah, that's what this is. And basically, I tell people, just get out of the way of your body. Your body has the cellular wisdom to birth. We've been doing it for millions of years. But it's all these new birth stories and all the negative self-talk. I mean, thank God you've got a mom that's, like, so positive. Yeah. Because then you're getting to hear the good stuff. And I'm not anti-drug. I mean, I think if... If a woman chooses a certain setting and a certain way to give birth, hypnosis can still be helpful because sure. birth doesn't happen in 15 minutes like it does on TV. And there can still be tons of anxiety on top of drugs, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of clients who are afraid of needles, mm-hmm. but who want epidurals. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to have a needle for that. <laughs> so we, we work on that, you know, yeah. but yeah. So ask me more stuff. Well, how does tell me how you have a specific program? Can you does it happen? Is it all with you? Do you have other 
people that practice it or send it out into the world or is there, I don't know about it, anything. Oh my God. Molly, do your work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Molly. Well, what I do is I teach a series of five. No, that's wrong. I teach a series of three to four classes, depending if it's a group, I'll usually do four because the last one is sort of everybody bitching and moaning and asking questions. But if it's one-on-one individual, like a private series, then I'll do three, and that's usually plenty. And in that, there's childbirth education. There's the history of childbirth across cultures uh-huh. and in terms of how we view it and what got us to viewing it with fear and where the negative messages come from and how we can counteract them, you know, how your baby's growing, what's going on with you, how to know if you're in labor, what are some of the warning signs to call the provider. And in each series, there's, or in each class, I should say, there's a script, there's a a hypnosis practice that everybody does that helps them either with pain management or there's one that I call the mental epidural mm-hmm. where you're imagining being frozen from the waist down and different things are effective for different people. By the end of the series, there's been like seven scripts that you've practiced that yeah. you've listened to that I've recorded individually for you. And by listening to them, you get more and more used to it. And I've had the last few years have been pretty funny in that I've gotten three people who were fainters from pain. Oh. And they came to me terrified. They were like, what if I faint when I have the baby? And I'm like, are you kidding? You should be so lucky. People would pay you (laughs) to be able to faint from the first contraction and wake up after the baby. (laughs) You know, in any case, I was able to get them to stop fainting when they experienced pain. They were able to go and get lab work done. Mm Mm-hmm and have really wonderful births. So I feel really good about that. Yeah. So your classes up until COVID, were they all in person? Yes. And now I've been doing it virtually and I was pleasantly surprised that it's just as effective. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So that, you know, I see the person just like you and I are looking at each other now. We can ask each other questions then I can I can even do it by phone. I don't even need to see them where the person can be lying down comfortably in their bed. Mm-hmm. And they can signal to me just by tapping a number on the phone that, you know, lets me know, yes, they're relaxed now, or yes, they're in this position, just a little beep, and I know that we're good to go. So yeah. it's been very effective, and I'm very happy about that. Because That's I great. Yeah. You don't have, like, some sort of, like, online program that people can download and stuff like that. It's all very individualized. It's individualized or I do series for couples. Mm -hmm. That's kind of dried up since COVID where I would have three or four couples together Mm -hmm. at my place and we would do it. Then I also do professional training for doulas and childbirth educators who want to learn how to do mind, body, birth, and how to do hypnosis for their clients. Got it. So I've taught a lot of people in the birth network how to incorporate it into their work. Yeah. And they're using it pretty successfully. So there is something that can be downloaded from my website, which is the manual that has the explanation that I go through in the classes and that does have the scripts in it, but you'd have to read them to yourself, you know. So (laughs) if you've got a great voice, then go for it. I'll make my mom do it. 
Yeah, a good voice. Now, I'm not going to steal your work. Oh, okay. Well, no, you'd be paying for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's copyrighted. Not she a does have a good voice, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I loved listening to her. It was great. Oh, that sounds really <laughs> wonderful. Okay. All right. Well, well, gosh, I don't know what to ask you. Um, hmm. 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 Why do, why do we need hypnosis? <laughs> that is such a good question. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we need hypnosis because we are programmed for negative self-talk. Yes. We all spend thousands of thoughts every day with, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I, whatever. We constantly negatively say things to ourselves. I'm a failure. I can't believe I was good at that. I'm not going to succeed. And then once you're pregnant, I, I've got all those going on in my mind, like good things are happening. And I'm like, oh, I feel a kick. Why did it, my baby kick? Did I make them mad? Right. There's a lot of questions when you're pregnant. Oh, so many questions. So many. And we tend to veer into the negative. Pregnant women, you may know, have really bizarre nightmares. Oh, my God. Really All crazy. about Trump last night. Oh, my God. It was terrible. Oh, that's the worst nightmare I've ever heard of. <laughs> anyway, nightmares. <laughs> nightmares. So we are programmed to think negatively. And this is not our fault. It just comes from the outside. It comes from Judeo-Christian upbringings, any of the Abrahamic faiths where, you know, you can hear parents saying, who do you think you are? Don't get too big for your britches. So we never want to have thoughts like, wow, pat myself on the back. I did a good job at mm -hmm. that. We don't think that way. And it spreads in pregnancy to have really negative effects. And so that's the kind of stuff that gets counteracted in mind-body birth. Mm -hmm. So you're just helping us to change the way we think about experiences we're going through in the moment. Precisely. Okay, that's bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> it was really nice to talk to you. Nice meeting you. <laughs> yeah. Want a sip of coffee? <laughs> I don't know why you're so funny to me. Oh, God. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> okay, well, I have a question about something, about me. <laughs> About me. I am like a, it's not, I don't want to use the negative word of failed, but, or failure. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. It's always there. Yeah. Well, I have been trying for a long time to I meditate every day. And okay. uh, I've been doing it for a year and a half. Good for you. 
Well, I miss a couple days here and there, but it's, I'd say, I'd say 95% of the time. I've been doing TM, but you're supposed to do it twice a day. So I just do it once in the morning. So there you go. There's my first failure. It's not a failure. I know. I know. I know. But but you see it as that. And, yeah. and you think of it as that because you're given this benchmark that it has to be a certain way. Yeah. TM is supposed to be twice a day, but I know a lot of people who have done TM for 30, 40 years who do it just once a day. Really? And one of the things to reframe, because that's what we call it in hypnosis, to reframe the negative self-talk is to use a term like I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Because I, for example, used to get really bad migraines and I would say, oh my God, I've got a killer migraine. I can't, you know, I mean, that's really negative self-talk. So how do you change that and make it sound reasonable and true, but not dramatic? And you can say, I'm working on getting rid of a headache. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can say, I'm working on meditating twice a day. My right. goal is to meditate twice a day. Not, I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you were saying. So I do my meditation every day. I do think it's helped overall in the last year and a half uh, with a lot of the ups and downs that I've had. There have been a lot of downs, some mm. miscarriages and failed IVF and all that stuff. But I don't know. Maybe it would have been a lot worse if I hadn't been doing this TM. But other than that, I don't sit there and I, I don't feel euphoria. I don't feel like I'm transcending. I don't feel shit. I just, I, I'm just doing, I'm just doing this and saying my mantra and then my mind drifts or I fall asleep or I wake up, whatever. I'm just doing the thing every morning. I feel like it's helpful, but I don't feel spiritually connected to anything. And I wonder if I need to be more spiritually connected if I want to do hypnosis. Like maybe I'm not good at it. Maybe I won't be able to do it. 5% of people suck at it. (laughs) And the other 95% are hypnotizable. When you were in LA and you were driving, did you ever find yourself just pulling into your driveway and not remembering how you got there? Every time. (laughs) There you go. You're hypnotizable because your subconscious is doing the driving while your conscious mind is engaged in working out a problem of some kind. And it's not about being spiritual. And I also am a meditator and Mm. I also do TM and I have since I was 26 years (laughs) old. Not as regularly as you, I might add. Like I have forgotten to do it for the last (laughs) month. So I'm working on on more regularity with my meditation. But I think from everything that I've read, Pema Chodron, and I'm blanking on all the names, like John Kabat-Zinn and all these people who talk about meditation, the way you're describing meditation is exactly how it feels. Your mind is busy Mm. and you're going through lists of things and, oh my God, I've got to do this. And as soon as you realize you're mind has gone elsewhere, you catch it with that butterfly net and bring it back. Yeah, yeah. But that's what it is. But it is proven to lower blood pressure and have all these beneficial side effects, even if it's as busy as you claim it is for you. I think it's a very common experience. But no, you would succeed at hypnosis. I'm fairly certain of it. (laughs) Good, good. But yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of yoga over the years and I love it and I get into a groove and I can, I feel like I'm in tune at least with my body. Not maybe if not with any kind of spiritual world, which is, I know you're not saying that hypnosis is like that, but 
I do feel like I am connected to the body. So Right. Well, in a way, that's what we're doing with hypnosis. But we're also sort of saying, let go of thinking of your body. Your body knows how to repair cuts. Your body knows how to digest. Your body knows how to grow a baby and put fingernails in the right places and all of that. And you didn't have to think about it. So don't think about it. Let your mind go to someplace pleasant and wonderful and breathe and relax. And I ask people to find their safe place, a place that when they think of it, they feel really good and relaxed. It could be imaginary. Could place be someplace that you've really been. It depends, but I've done hypnosis with people who you wouldn't think of as spiritual at all. You know, like Fortune 500 people mm-hmm. who have to give presentations and are terrified of public speaking. Yeah, and where one person's safe place was out on the golf course. <laughs> you know, it's like really foreign to me. I got to tell you. Yeah, but that's where he imagined himself. And he would see himself, what do you call it, teeing up? Sure. Or Yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and that would relax him. So he would close his eyes and take some deep breaths and let go and imagine himself there and then proceed with his public speaking. So everybody's safe place is different, but I encourage people to get there because what happens is with hypnosis, You train the mind to go to this place, and all the stuff that goes along with the body happens. The blood pressure lowers, the breathing slows down, you relax. And what that's doing is it's letting the blood flow better through the veins. That way the muscles are getting more oxygenated. So it's helpful in birth to be in that more relaxed space. So it's more about, it's not about... um being more present in the moment and breathing into the pain, but actually maybe going somewhere else. Exactly. How do you do that with nurses, doctors, and moms in your ear? (laughs) Um, You can put your your headphones on Uh and listen to the tape that I have uh uh for you. Uh Or you've gotten so used to listening to it, because remember I said it takes 21 days to change a habit. Uh And chances are you're really good at blocking stuff out anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, you might fall asleep with traffic noise without even realizing that you do that. I often encourage people as they're going into a deeper and deeper relaxed state to use the noises that they hear Mm. to help them go deeper. Because in hospitals, there's the PA system. There are people not necessarily talking to you, but talking to each other. Yeah. Because there are women who often say, just shut up and leave me alone, yeah, yeah. you know, and just want to be in their own little world. Are you going to have your mom with you at your birth? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be your doula. Yeah. Great. I mean, I wish I could have a doula there with me, but COVID, They've, they're well, only allowing one at a time. Are. Phelps. Oh, well, okay, I'm so- doing um, Northwell Midwifery. Oh, yeah. I know them well. Yeah. Yes. Are you like them? (laughs) I love them. Okay, good. That's who refers a lot to me. Okay, good, good. good. But yeah, they're wonderful. And Phelps is is going back and forth. They were allowing doulas, but now they're thinking that maybe they won't. So, but there can just be one person. So, but like if you were going to take birth hypnosis classes, you could bring your mom with you. She could, you know, learn along with you. Yes, absolutely. 
if I can only have one person, it's definitely going to be my mom. If okay. I can have two, <laughs> I know my dad would want to be there. <laughs> but would you want your dad to be there? I would. I would. But okay. um, but I also would want a doula. So we'll think about it. <laughs> my dad's great. He's um, going to be 90 in February. Wow. Just a couple weeks ago, he told me how excited he was uh, to be. My He had two kids before my before my mom, but I'm the only girl of his that's ever had a baby or that's ever been pregnant. So he's so mm-hmm. excited to actually be included oh. in the process oh, because all so the sweet. other ones were sisters-in-law and he couldn't, you know, he couldn't be a, a, a participant. So I know right. he he's, he's going to be disappointed that he won't be able to be there, I think, but... But he yeah. got to be at all of our birds, so... Yeah, this is true. Yeah. He's probably like, oh, this is old hat. Yeah. <laughs> and and you don't have to stay that long after. I mean, ideally, you yeah. could go home within six hours and, you know, there's nothing keeping you there. If you and the baby are fine. Yeah. And, and then you get out of the hospital setting and go back to your safer home. Yeah. And you'll get to be with the baby right away. Yeah. Now, but what about having a, a doula before the birth? I don't know, like, one, if I went into labor and had somebody, a doula, to get me ready. I mean, you know, just hang out before I go to right. the actual no, hospital. No, that's a good idea. And, I mean, doulas are, are doing all kinds of different stuff now. Some of them are not going to the homes, mm-hmm. or they're going to the homes, but they're not going to the hospitals because the hospitals won't let them. Some are doing virtual doulaing where they're with you the whole time in labor, even at the hospital. Oh, that's an idea, too. Yeah. yeah. But the nice thing about birth doulas is that we tend to do one or two prenatal visits before you even go into labor. So a lot of stuff is explained and questions are answered. And I mean, it sounds like your mom is going to be your super support person because she's been, you know, through it before. She knows you need to set up a changing table on the level that you're going to be living most and not running That's so funny. She told me that. Oh, I thought you meant like the height. Because I was looking at this little table, and she's like, that's too low. It needs to be at least this high. (laughs) Yeah. But not only that, you want it to be where you're going to be. Are you going to be in the sitting room or the living room more? Then don't put it up in the baby's room at the beginning because you're not going to be running up and down the stairs all the time every time you have a poopy diaper, and you will have plenty of those. (laughs) I suggested on top of the microwave would be a good spot. (laughs) I'm suggesting that that's probably not. And that's what your birth doula will probably advise you when she comes to talk to you, among other things. <laughs> I was like, that's a perfect height. It's but too anyway, narrow. It's I know, too I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I know what I want to know about from you. First question, were you doing hypnosis first or doula-ing first? Doula-ing first. <laughs> And I know that shouldn't be a verb. It's just wrong. Yeah, what? there's got to be a better way to say that. There isn't, unfortunately. <laughs> I was a doula first. I was a childbirth educator first. Yes. Then a doula to my childbirth education student. Okay. And then doing guided visualization and relaxation and guided imagery with those childbirth students and doula clients. It was the natural thing to then become a hypnotherapist. I have a master's in health administration. That's my... Wow. Formal background. Mm-hmm. That was for starting the birth center. But um, 
I'm a certified hypnotherapist, and I was able to combine all the things that I do. So, I mean, I can use this like if I were to do postpartum doulaing, which I haven't done in a really long time, but let's say a woman is putting the baby to breast and it's really painful when the baby's just latching at first, I can have her do some of her self-hypnosis techniques because mm. all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing it to you. You're hearing my words, but you're bringing yourself there in the same way you do with meditation. And so it's useful in so many different situations. And on my website, there's a bunch of testimonials where people are saying, I use it in other aspects of yeah. my life. You know, one of my clients was an actress, is an actress, actor, excuse me, and I love to use the S part, <laughs> is an actor. She says that sometimes she uses it before going to auditions. Great. Yeah. I could probably have used that <laughs> when I was, well, I still can. I'm still an actor, everybody. There you are. So, and are you still actively doing doula stuff or? Okay. I'm a recovering doula to quote my friend, Julie Hartman. (laughs) I stopped. I haven't been to a birth in two years. I probably would if a repeat client asked me. Yeah, sure. You you were there for my first, would you go? I would probably do it virtually now. Uh Unless I was going to the birth center. There's only one in Danbury or home birth. And I tend to prefer birth center and home births. Yeah. Just because sometimes, but not at Phelps, you'll be happy to know, there can be an antagonistic reaction to having a doula present. Mm. Now with COVID, everybody having to wear masks and get tested and observe certain protocols, it's it's very confusing, but you won't have to worry about it because you got your mom. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to ask about you know you've you've been at over two hundred births. I do remember that from your website. What is that like <laughs> awesome right i can't awesome. imagine that it's amazing it is it is amazing and you know you were just talking a little bit before about spirituality i'm kind of an agnostic i'm like you know if you can prove it to me i'll i'll believe it but i i still have my doubts yeah but when i'm at a birth and the baby is born, and you see the parents crying with each other, and you think, I know this is sperm and egg and appropriate sperm cast, okay? (laughs) But but it's magic. It's just incredible. And you see the, the rhythm of birth over and over, that, you know, how women labor, how they get into a kind of rhythm themselves. It's yeah. magical. It's yeah. really it's really great. Yeah. It's really an honor to be there. Absolutely. To have it shared with me, you know. I, I feel really grateful for those people that let me go there. Yes. I feel that way about a lot of things that I get to do. They feel very lucky. It's nothing compared to being, you know, at a birth, but like um, I used to photograph weddings and just to be in that intimate moment, taking photographs of these people while they're saying their vows to each other and crying and first, you know, father-daughter dance. I mean, I would be crying behind my lens every time. And also shooting newborn photos. Um, I've done that a bunch and people letting me into their home, you know, six, seven days after a baby's born and I get to hold their newborn baby when their family hasn't even met them yet. And, ah, oh my God, it's just like, I feel so lucky to be in yeah. that position. I can imagine how 
beautiful it must be to experience that and uh, be allowed into that experience yeah, with other people. Yeah, I pride at my share of birth. <laughs> you know, when I see how emotional everybody's getting, it's, it's pretty special. And sometimes I'm asked to photograph the birth, too. Oh. And, you know, it used to be cameras. Now it's iPhones are amazing. Yeah. They're amazing on so many levels because I can bring music and shoot it with, you know, by yeah. a Bluetooth to a speaker. So we're listening to nice music. Yeah. You can use it to photograph the birth. I did a virtual birth in L.A. Uh-huh. with my nephew Aww. from New York. And they brought me with them, and they're like, this is our midwife. I think her name was Eliza. And she's like, hi, Julieta. <laughs> and they and they wanted to give her an epidural. And she's like, I don't want one. And I said, you haven't slept in two nights. You might want to consider it. It'll give you the option to relax. I mean, I'm not anti-anything. Yeah. You know, I think we need to take everything into consideration. Yeah. But it was great. It was my first virtual birth. You yeah. Know? It was really nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm just now thinking back about what I used to think about birth and how – not long ago, how I th- thought how scary it was. Not about uh, the pain. I'm not so much afraid of the pain, but the fear of, um, you know, the worst stuff happening, death of of baby yeah. and or mother. It's so rare. It's so, so rare. But again, this is part of our negative programming. Yeah. Because it wasn't, what, like 120 years ago, we did worry about maternal mortality Mm-hmm. more than we do. We still should. Mm-hmm. I mean, the United States, I hate to bring these numbers oh, up. Oh, please do. I appreciate it. We are 49th in the world Mm-mm. in industrialized countries. That sucks. That's terrible. It is horrible. The maternal mortality rate is extremely high, and it is anywhere from 4 to 12 times as high for mothers of color. Yeah. That's disgusting. It's so sick. It's so sick. It's racism. Yes, it's racism. Systemic racism and and how doctors... Well, the perfect example that everybody uses is Venus Williams. Not Venus. Was it Serena or Venus? I actually don't know about either. I know they play tennis and they're beautiful and that's about it. You and I are really good in the sports department here. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to say it's Serena Williams. And right after she gave birth, she said she was having chest pains. Oh. And they did not take her seriously. And she had a blood clot in her lungs and she mm. almost died. They were just like, oh, shush, you know, don't worry about it. And even the most famous celebrity yeah. is discounted because she's a person of color. Yeah. But uh, there's just an article recently that I was reading how white doctors perceive women of color is completely different than they perceive white women and their treatment is different even if they're not intending it to be so the care is just different there's this myth and in fact Rochelle was talking about this I think oh I know what it was it was the interview with Isabel Wilkerson recently who wrote the book cast which I highly recommend okay, I don't know it okay gotta check it out I but will. where there were horrible gynecological and obstetrical experiments done on black women without anesthesia because they figured eh, they didn't feel it which is crap. Yeah. So this culture, we really need to work at being more positive in terms of how we view birth because it can be scary. The things that you were worried about yeah. do sometimes happen, but they're unlikely to happen nowadays, yeah. particularly if a woman advocates for herself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Bye. <laughs> and I thoroughly depressed you with my positive self-talk. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I just, um, I don't see, uh, I think I was just getting, just thinking about how I used to think about the fear more before I was pregnant. But now I don't feel as afraid. I mean, I've, I've got my anxieties for sure with each step. You know, every time I have an ultrasound, there's either two days or two weeks before it, you know, I'm, I'm panicking that there's, that they're not going to see a heartbeat or something's oh. going to be wrong. But I don't feel afraid of the pain at all for some reason. Oh God, I'm going to, I'm going to regret saying that. No, you're not. No, you're not. <sighs> the pain's not that big a deal, really. I mean, maybe that's just me saying it because I've done it twice and I've forgotten. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like I do remember the second time when I was giving birth to my daughter and the contractions really kicked in. I went, oh shit, I forgot it feels like this. Yeah, 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 You yeah. know, but then we ordered Chinese food and then we went to the birth center and I had her and it was yes. really pretty easy. <laughs> Mom. Yes. Do you remember um, how I had that Charlie horse last week? When you left from California? No, this week over? I had a Charlie horse in the morning. I told you all about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yes, you did. Remember of I said... you did. I, I know. said... Okay, what did I say? You said you had a terrible Charlie horse, and you couldn't... <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't remember. <laughs> I can't do it. What? I said, I said, because of the Charlie horse, I'm rethinking uh, about uh, epidurals. Oh, you because know, the Charlie horse oh, was so. Oh, that's bad. what. That's the memorable part. And I thought that that was very insightful of you to think that hurt a lot. I'm not sure I have the ability to manage that kind of pain. Yes. See, I have great short-term memory. Oh, you sure do. I mean, it hurt, and it didn't go away, and I couldn't yeah. do anything to get it to go away. And I was like, that's a cramp. Labor pains are your your uterine muscles cramping up, right? Right. Though you're, not, you're supposed to say contraction, We're not labor pain. We're not supposed to use oh. the word pain. Wow. Didn't no. know that. That was just back in the day. Well, I think that's a good idea. We were forbidden to use the word pain. Really? Yes. Yes. Speak of the negative connotation. Yeah. Well, that's great because that's what we're, I'm talking about in this interview with the wonderful Julietta Appleton. <laughs> now go make me some dinner. <laughs> but I think if you can find ways, and hypnosis is one of them, yeah, and meditation is another, to bring your fears down and reframe them into something else that's a little more positive, like... I'm looking forward to giving birth, not I'm anxious about mm. giving birth. You yeah. know, it's, it's really simple stuff, but the mind really works those words and, and puts them deep in our, in our subconscious. And so that's what we tend to think first. Yeah, I think you're so, you're so right. Would you call this birth hypnosis a, what's a, is it a modality? What's a, I don't even know what a modality is. There's categories of things one can do to bring that fear down or to make the pain less. What other things should I be looking into? For yourself? Sure. Or for other, just in general? In general for, for pregnancy and labor. Well, hypnosis is definitely wonderful. Education is a really big piece of it. Childbirth mm -hmm. education. There's a lot of wonderful educators that are in the Hudson Valley Birth Network that you can find. 
Well, what are they educating you about? The father of childbirth education was a British physician called Grantley Dick Reed. <laughs> Dick Reed? I, 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 Dick Reed, look at you, you're so mature. I'm not a grown-up. So mature, not at all. He felt that if you can break the fear, tension, pain cycle, then women won't have such a difficult time uh-huh. with birth. Now, this was in the 1940s, so we're talking a long time ago. Yeah. And he was the first to have childbirth education classes for women where he said, this is your uterus. I mean, nobody talked about that stuff before. Yeah. This is the vagina. This is where the baby comes out. Let's use those words. Let's not be yeah. afraid of it. This is what happens. There's contractions. There's this stage of labor. There's this stage. Then this happens. And so what happened is that women would start experiencing labor and go, oh, this is what they told me was going to happen. Yeah. That's what is, oh, okay, I'm not afraid of this anymore. Yes. And so childbirth education is a step-by-step explaining what happens in pregnancy, what happens in birth, what some of the warning signs are. I don't really do a whole full childbirth education series. Mm-hmm. Like I used to teach a series of 10 classes and uh-huh. I thought nobody goes to 10 classes anymore. They don't have the time. They don't have the yeah. bandwidth. Yeah. But I tell people, trust your body go away in your mind and let your body do the cellular wisdom that it knows to do and you'll have your baby. But know certain things that you need to know, like danger signs when, you know, if you start bleeding early on and you shouldn't be, then, you know, you call your midwife or your doctor. Yeah. Trying to think what else you want to learn about in pregnancy. Um, well, mom, mom brought up uh <sighs> what did she say that? I was born in a... I guess they dimmed the lights and I came out and my dad put me in a warm tub. And oh, my mom. Le Boye. Yes. Yes, they used to do that. Le Boye is not as popular anymore, but that was one of the methods. But warm water is fabulous for women in birth. Very often, either they'll get into a tub, there are tubs at Phelps, mm-hmm. or a shower because having the warmth just automatically makes our bodies go, ah. Yes. And having that warm water on your low back, if you've got back pain, can be very comforting. I've had women in labor on all fours in the shower, and they just, they won't get out. Yes. You know? <laughs> like, well, can I suggest this? Can I suggest, no. Okay. And that's what works for them. And you do not argue with yeah. a woman in labor yeah. unless there's some real physiologic reason that she needs to be elsewhere. And what is, what's Bradley method? Is that a, something bigger? It's like, a thing, but it's not as much of a thing anymore. Okay, so Lamaz was about breathing techniques. Uh-huh. Bradley was about progressive relaxation. Okay. There were only the two things way back when, when I gave birth 43, oh my God, years ago okay. in, LA, in LA at the Natural Childbirth Institute in Culver City. Yes. Okay. But, but now there's so... So many different kinds of childbirth education. Yeah. And some of them are very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Some of them are very specific breathing methods. Lamaze doesn't do that the typical breathing like it used to, you know, where it was only focused. They pretty much have all become very much like each other. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really matter if you have a specific method anymore. Sure. But Le Boyer, the warm bath, mother giving birth in, in the tub, you know, is, is And they don't, the you can't thing. do that at Phelps, right? I think they just have the tubs there for the... Phelps does not allow water births anymore. Okay. They used to. Okay. And it was the Northwell, the Phelps midwives that 
got that going, and that's why they had the tubs. The Danbury Birth Center will allow you to give birth mm-hmm. in the tubs. But honestly, I mean, if the kid is coming that fast, this, what are they going to do? Say, get out now? I mean, if yeah, they yeah, yeah. get out of you, they can't do much. But okay. ideally, <laughs> I didn't say you should do that. No, okay. I know you didn't. Okay. <laughs> I've taken up a whole hour of your time. I just have a, a quick personal question. What was it, though? I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. Pregnancy brain. It's always been like this. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a good <laughs> Honestly, I don't feel any stupider than usual. <laughs> I mean, I I don't negative. I'm not stupid. Thank you for catching that. Thank uh, you for catching that. That you. was really good. That was really good. <laughs> I don't usually say that anyway. Um, I, I like to say blonde, though. Is that bad? Is that negative? Oh, I know. I know what I was going to ask what? you. Northwell, they work with a doctor, a fetal uh, maternal something or other. They say that for women over 40 who have gone through IVF, they like to induce at 40 weeks because he, there's high, there's more risks uh, for women who have been through IVF after 40 weeks who are over 40 years old. Okay. Have you heard of this before? No, but again, I'm not a practitioner. Sure, sure, sure. I'm not a healthcare practitioner, so I don't know. I do know that you know some places will let you go to 41 weeks and six days. Some places let you go to 42. Some places are like, oh, whenever you give birth is okay. For a while, ACOG, the American College of OBGYNs, was saying 39 weeks, but I think that they've changed that. So it changes a lot. And and since I'm not doulaing anymore, I have to admit I'm not as up on it as I should be. Yeah. But my philosophy is that if you and your provider like each other, get along, you trust your provider. Yeah. Then you do what your provider recommends. Yeah, yeah. Because your outcome will be better. Yeah. And if you are not in agreement with your provider, then you look for a different one that's, that's more right. consistent with your philosophy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed. I just am looking for loopholes. <laughs> right. right. Um, but you know. Well, the midwives can tell you some natural ways to get labor started before an actual induction. So that yeah. there, you know, there's certain things like nipple stimulation that you can do and have. Can sex. my mom help with that? <laughs> your mom and you want to do that together? Yeah. <laughs> you could also just use a breast pump. Oh, interesting. But, but you know, there's there are some natural ways to try to get labor started, but induction can be very successful. You know, and once once labor's moving along, they can take you off the pitocin. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. I didn't know that. Pitocin is one of the things that I've definitely heard a lot of negative talk about. But over the last uh, few interviews I've done with my my comedy friends, <laughs> I've been hearing some positive Pitocin stories, and I never had before. So yeah, so I'm not that afraid of it anymore. I mean, it's got to work sometimes, or else they wouldn't use it. No, it definitely works, and it speeds labor along. The problems that can happen with any kind of labor augmentation or induction is that you start with one thing and then you're like, oh, that doesn't feel good. That yeah. those contractions are too strong. I want an epidural. You get the epidural and then it slows down the contractions. Right. And so they up the pit and then the pitocin is uncomfortable. And, the, the, and then you're into the C-section. Right. Because the baby's heart rate has dropped because the drugs were too strong. So there's ways to finesse it and you're working with a wonderful group yeah. and they know midwives. And so once they get labor started, yeah. they can 
turn the stuff off and let your body go on its own. If you do Pitocin, do you release any oxytocin on your own? You do, but I think that it signals to the body to do less. Okay. Uh And so, but again, I don't know all the details, but just being in a loving environment. One of the things that, that your midwife told me a long time ago is that when women are together, yeah. Even if they measured you and me now, yeah, our oxytocin levels. Mine's through higher. the roof, baby. <laughs> Mine too. Was it good for you? It's so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Women, when they are together, their oxytocin levels go up, and it's the relaxation hormone too, and the love and and connection hormone. So those nurses that are there with you, mm. if they're loving and good and supportive which they are because they've worked with the midwives, Mm -hmm. you're going to feel really good about having their support and their guidance. So it's not like Pitocin is this horrible thing. It's going to help. And if it's uncomfortable, you can get an epidural and it's not the end of the world. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. So if you have any other questions, you can email me. I'm happy to answer. Well, I might. Watch out. They're coming. Okay. Okay. You don't scare me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Thank you so much. It's been so fun talking to you. Highlight of my week. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And really interesting. Thank you. It was really interesting learning about everything that you do. And can you tell my listeners where they can find you on the internet? Yes, I am at mindplusbodybirth.com. Because and the plus is a plus sign. Put a little plus. No, you have oh. to spell it out. Spell it out. Because you can't use the plus sign. So it's mind spelled out plus bodybirth.com. Body birth. And email me directly at Julietta Appleton at gmail.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. And all your information's on the website? Yes. Okay. I, I should yes. have prepared by reading it. <laughs> well, it's okay. I had more fun doing it this way. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> all right. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much Molly. So nice meeting you. I'm sure I'll talk to you again. I hope so. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, thank you all so much for listening. And thank you, Julieta, for being such a wonderful guest. Thank you, Mom, for reading about my baby and my body. And thank you again to all of my Patreon subscribers, new and old, for helping to keep this podcast and me alive. Couldn't do it without you. Wouldn't do it without you. So keep up the good work, everybody. Don't forget, you got to rate and review the show if you haven't already. I'm talking to you, Julieta. Have you done it yet? (laughs) In other news, I'm still doing my fertility consultation. So if you're out there thinking about becoming a single mother by choice, thinking about using a sperm donor, don't know if you want to use a known donor or a sperm bank, If you and your partner have been trying for a long time and you're thinking about moving forward to IVF or other fertility treatments, if you're thinking about using an egg donor or becoming an egg donor, if you're thinking about freezing your eggs, if you've experienced a miscarriage or a loss, if any of these things are going on with you, I've been there and I can help you get through it. Because it can be isolating and scary and you don't need to go through it alone. It's $80 for an hour or $50 for a half hour session. We can do it one time. We can do it every week. We can do it as needed. Just email me at spermcast at gmail.com if you have questions or if you want to set something up. I'll be back with you next week. Maybe we'll be talking to Spinning Babies Lady that 
that Julieta mentioned earlier, or maybe we'll have more birth stories. Moving forward, we'll probably be talking to more practitioners rather than friends with birth stories. But I may be putting birth stories on the Patreon once a month or maybe twice a month because a lot of you have them and I want to share them. Or maybe we'll do some mini episodes. I'll figure it out, but not right now because I got to go. Love you. Bye. He could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, from gay to straight, black to white, tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by Acast. 